First, there was Halloween. The Naibi came home. Then, the terror continued with Halloween 2. And now, prepare yourself. Universal Pictures presents the all-new Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. The night no one comes home. Happy Halloween. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parent. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. And we are here to talk Halloween, season of the... Halloween 3, season of the witch, with the tagline, The Night No One Comes Home, which is not accurate. Well, the tagline is more accurate than the title of the movie. Yeah, it's all... It's all... I mean, we will talk about this. Yes. But first off... If you're listening to this episode, you've probably heard of Halloween 3, or you're just like, yeah, I'm sure I saw one of those Halloween movies. Well, I don't know if you know what you're th- thinking about. What are you thinking? What? Because what? <laughs> this third movie has nothing to do with the Halloween one it is the It is the Halloween movie in the franchise that has nothing to do with any of them. Yeah, I didn't know this movie existed. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't. Yep. But uh, it does... It did, was not successful, but has now since gained a cult following. And spoiler, it is my favorite of the sequels, at least. Oh, you have not mentioned that to of me. Of all of, I mean, I've, I think the original is a classic. Um, but what I, okay, but here's the real question. What movie would I rewatch more often? Yeah. This movie. Okay. 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 <laughs> and we will learn why later in the episode. Before then, yeah. let's talk about... What you've been watching? What have you been watching lately, Tyler? Well, in uh, celebration of this episode, I did watch the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. This is the uh, sequel to the 2018 film just called Halloween. That movie is a sequel to the original film, but disregards all the other sequels to the movie. So what it's all like other a- sequels? Just the sec- Halloween 2? All of them. So, I don't know. I don't know this Halloween franchise. So the Halloween from like '78 is okay. the one with Jamie Lee Curtis, the original. Got it. In twenty, they made a bunch of other movies. Forget about all that. Then they made in 2018 this new one where Jamie Lee Curtis comes back as Laurie Strode, and it only regards that first movie as canon. Nothing else happened. Why? It's uh, like a semi reboot. Semi reboot, but keeping Jamie Lee Curtis. Gotcha. Um, as the way. So then Halloween Kills is a sequel to the 2018 film taking place immediately after the ending of that movie. Didn't so, I watch one like Halloween 20 or something? Halloween H20 yeah, that one. is very similar to Halloween from 2018 because that's the one that brings back Jamie Lee Curtis uh-huh. and it is a very similar plot but that one has been thrown out in this new... Uh, so I kind confused. of like Halloween H20 a little bit. so I, th- I don't remember. It's not great but it's uh, okay. Okay, so Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. I uh, So it's on Peacock. It's in theaters. It is... Um, I don't know. I think not very good at all. What? Um, it's I'm mo- shocked. Um, the, the 2018 movie is fine. I don't like... I don't really feel strongly about it one way or another. I like Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. It's doing she's doing a different thing as like a survivor of Michael Myers mm-hmm. in that one than she did in H two O. So I guess okay. that, that that's different at least, right? Um, these movies are made by David Gordon Green and written by at least co written by Danny McBride. Yes, that Danny McBride, like Eastbound and Downs Danny McBride. So weird. Um, and so the one thing I do 
I don't know if I like it, but I appreciate it. There is like this tinge of really dark humor or there's these moments where characters are kind of having these funny moments and then usually they're just viciously murdered after that, which is a very strange thing, but I will say different. Okay. <laughs> it's unique to uh, this kind of thing. I'm not a big slasher guy in general. This is um, true. We know this about you. It's not my favorite genre. I, you know, like I said, I do like the original Halloween. That new one was fine in 2018. This one... <sighs> the one thing I liked about 2018 was more Jamie Lee Curtis. This movie, it takes place immediately after. She was injured at the end of that movie. So the start of this one, because it takes place immediately after, same night, she spends the first 50 minutes of the movie unconscious in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not very fun. And then even then... In the second half, she's awake and has a few scenes, but never leaves her room, essentially. Um, and I know that's kind of a nod to... That's what's so weird about the movie. It's thrown out all these sequels, but a lot of this movie especially is like nods to those sequels that have now been thrown out, mm-hmm. um, which I find very s- strange. Um, the big problem with it is, is it really focuses on this mob that... Um, the kid that she was babysitting has now grown up in the original movie is now grown up. Um, he's played by Anthony Michael Hall and they hear about this new massacre that's happened. So they decide to go out as a mob to go and evil, evil dies tonight is mm-hmm. what, and it turns into this really goofy, really broad. Um, yeah, I think the movie would argue maybe criticism of like mob mentality, but it's so goofy and so played unbelievably that I, I just don't, it never works. And it's such a big part of the movie. And I don't, I never, never connected with it. It's, you know, after a, a couple of years, especially of just seeing like various protests, like real protests and to see, so we kind of like, we know how like a, a, a protest or a mob can behave. We've seen it very vividly whoa, in the whoa, news. Whoa. Are, you, are you calling protesters m- mobs? No, I'm saying that we've seen both versions of this. We've okay. seen yeah. protesters. We've seen actual mobs. We've seen lots yep. of things. So then when you have it in a movie where there's like a boogeyman character and they're like, I don't know, it's just such a weird real life crossing over into this movie world that it's done in such a goofy way that I don't know. It just, it it never worked for me. I really didn't like it. It's very, the movie's gruesome. Like it's just maybe the, maybe the most violent and gruesome of all of these movies. Mm -hmm. And so if that's your thing, I guess that's cool. It's not really my thing. I don't care about that kind of stuff that much. So I don't know. I didn't, uh, I didn't react to it very well. Mm -hmm. I didn't, uh, didn't care for it. I don't feel like it goes anywhere, too. It's just a big setup for a third movie that will come next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't didn't like it. I would much rather watch Halloween 3 Seasons of the Witch. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say about it. That's I it. wouldn't recommend it. Okay. I didn't like it. Good enough. Um, you also watched... Oh, well, do we want to talk about... Just jump in wherever you want to go, bud. I watched Titan. Uh, this is a French uh, language film that won the uh, top prize in Cannes over the summer. You watched what is the technically the second or third scene of the movie, but okay, kind well, of. Okay, I watched the, the trailer first. Yeah, and then I was like, "What is I, this? I might be interested in yeah. this." And then I saw a clip that was like a clip of the movie. It's a single, like, and it's an impressive scene. Yeah. scene. It's a single shot uh, scene. It's pretty yeah. incredible incredibly made anyway so i wanted to see like is this a movie i'd be into and after watching that scene i was like eh, i'm good uh well that scene is so it's it's a very there's two tone like that two tones the movie has distinct halves okay um the first half is very much in that mode of that scene that you saw 
there's this woman. She's had a car accident as a child. She's got a titanium plate in her head. Um, and so we see that scene, and then we see her as an adult. She's like this stripper. Um, she uh, There's a couple sequences here where she is straight up murdering people. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a... I would probably define as a serial killer kind of um maybe well i don't know um and then she the other notable thing is that she uh the car that you saw in that scene Mm -hmm. uh, a couple scenes later she uh, has sex with it she makes love to the car Uh, and it's a sentient i don't it's hard to describe the car alive the car is not there's no one in the car but her but the car uh is responsible beckons her into the car by itself. Um, yeah, I mean, how does one have intercourse with a vehicle? Well, there was no, there's no specific shot that would suggest to me um, the exact mode. Um, but I mean, you get a, you watch it, you get the gist of what's going on, I guess. Okay. Um, like I want details, it's a, but it's probably not appropriate. You know, it's a metaphor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, you know, it turns into something completely different because at some point she has to go on the run. And so then she, I, I, first for, she has to go into hiding is what I'll say. Mm -hmm. And her body is changing and that's all I'll say. And the second half, she can't, there's a new character that's kind of a big focus. It's this older gentleman, um, who's like a firefighter, runs a crew and, uh, the wild, violent, crazy tone of the first half largely gives way to something totally different in the second half. Oh. Um, I thought it was great. Like, it really is. Um, it's not for everybody. Okay. I don't know if you would. I don't know if you would have struggled to get through the first half to get to the second half. Okay. Um, it is about gender in a lot of ways, which I think is really interesting. The director is Julia. Dukar, no, I might have said that wrong. She made a really good movie called Raw, which was about uh, someone who discovers that she might be a cannibal. Oh, um, okay. so she's made a couple of these very provocative movies. Um, I think this one's even better. There's just a couple of just really incredible scenes. There's some fucked up stuff in it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think that the journey that it goes on. And how you get from the extremes of point A to a believable ending, what and the ending is wild, um, is pretty impressive. And I would say that, um, yeah, I, I I really liked it. I thought it was. It, it's not certainly not for everybody. I don't even know if it's for you. Okay, well, but that's not helpful at all. It's, Thanks for not. It's helping bold. Me. It's really. I I think it's really well made. I think it's very intentional. I think it's really well acted. Um, but yeah, why wouldn't it be for me? There's there's some body horror uh, body horror here that's pretty um, body horror yeah like you know she goes through a transformation that is pretty uh, graphic this movie is excessively full of nudity and it's not like I'm good with nudity necessarily tit- it's not titillating nudity um, yeah it's uh, yeah I would How say how long is it I mean you saw that scene where she's gy- gyrating on this car I mean that is the most titillating scene in the movie okay. and it's very deliberately that because what we see later is you know an answer to that in some ways there's a there's a really great scene later in the movie that is a, a parallel to that opening scene that you saw that is amazing um it's not too long it's only 108 minutes no the guy who comes in is really good um i yeah it's it's great i have it for another 32 hours on my rental i guess oh, i just rented it so if you wanted to give it a spin you could so you spend um, money on it 
It's a six ninety nine rental. I would say for me, it was worth. I mean, it's one. Of, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. Okay, what if I'm watching it and I hate it in the first twenty minutes? Do I like keep going? What are we talking here? And yeah. how much is, was the rental? Six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Yeah. Um, it's to- I, it's hard to shifts. say because it's totally different. It's totally. It's a, almost a totally different movie in tone. That no, violence largely gives way. I mean, the violence of the movie is largely over. But for you, you thought it was worth it. I think that it is a yes. I okay. think if you kind of understand what she's... And I've listened to a little bit of a few of her interviews, and okay. I think that once you hear about her idea, it makes more sense. I think the beginning is very jarring, and even I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, this character's essentially a serial killer, and so it, the movie is essentially demanding you to... to you know, side, follow her. Be a, the she's the killer. you know featured featured person in the movie, and so you have to kind of. But I don't know. I think that journey is very intentional, and I just um, it's it's a a commanding piece of direction, I would say, because I it doesn't feel like it's ever out of her out of hand. Like it always feels like she has control over it. Um, and even that violence has got this weird. T- I mean, the, the reason why it's so weird is because it's got this tinge of dark humor to it a little bit. Because it's so absurd, it seems like it's just out of like, what are you watching? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, I've never heard the term body horror before. This is a subgenre. Uh, okay. I kind of spared you from last year's big body horror movie, which was like destroy. What was that called? Possessor, uh-huh. which was like a. Uh, David Lynch's kid. No, yeah, it's like his kid. Oh, who made that movie? That movie is extremely violent and gory in a in a very you know body horror is when your body like the fly is a classic version of like a body horror story where there's a transformation. Okay. It's a- things that happen to your if you if you're freaked out by things happening to your body if that freaks you out mm-hmm. then you know these are not movies for you. Okay, here's what Wikipedia tells me it is. Don't I hover over it. It says body horror or biological horror. Yeah. Is a subgenre of horror that intentionally showcases grotesque or psychologically disturbing violations of the human body. Yeah. These may manifest through aberrant sex, mutations, mutilations, zombification, gratuitous violence, disease. Correct. Gross. Yeah. Okay. And that, this is a whole different. I do different, get the EBGBs. This is a whole different subversion of that, I would say. <laughs> Goes in some directions. Well, now I just have to watch you know what the fuck you're talking it's about. It's wild. Okay. It's wild. Will you watch it with me and then you can just tell me when I can cover my eyes? I mean, yeah. We only have... I'm not going to rent it again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Okay. So you would hesitantly recommend that? No, I loved it. Okay. But I don't... It's one of those movies where, like, uh, like I couldn't... For who the publication I, like, write for, I'm like, well, I can't, like, write about this movie. <laughs> like, I would just get a lot of really bad emails if I did that. Um, so... You know, there's that. I mean, I, it's hard to recommend, but I think it as a as a piece of filmmaking, it's some of the best of the year. I okay. would say so. Okay. Yeah. The other big cinematic experience that we yes. watched was Dune. Yes. Which, we as we were recording this, they have uh, officially greenlit that sequel. So. Oh, okay. Um, that's good because the number one thing that I have an issue with Dune is that it just kind of ends. Yeah. Um, and it's... if you're not familiar with the book, which I am not, um, I mean, I, I know the story, but I didn't read the book. Um, it yeah, I is was like half per- a movie. I was personally bothered by the fact that that someone would make such a big movie yeah. without knowing that they could do the second half. I mean, I think that it... You what's know who weird? did this to me? Not recently, but mm-hmm. like 20 years ago. Yeah. It was that stupid uh, Golden Compass. His Dark Materials or whatever. Yes, which yeah. like, we're going to do this big, giant movie, and it's like, and fucking we're done. And a lot of the and a lot of big ones have also petered out. Like, you know, the, the Chronicles of Narnia kind of petered out. They didn't do all of the books. Yeah. 
the in Divergent, what's that series? They never made the final book of that because the box office kept tanking. Yes, that's what I'm saying. These big um, giant movies. But this is a bigger. This is even different bigger, because this yeah. is half. This is literally one book that they've split in half. Yeah, not even the full um, fucking book. Yeah, so it no, it has been greenlit now. Okay. It, honestly, good. like it's the highest grossing even during the pandemic and being on HBO Max. This is why I, all this bullshit about. I don't know. I have a different opinion about that, but what is your opinion? Oh, I just there's a lot of uh, hand wringing about like how streaming is ruining box office. And I'm just like it seems like a very corporate argument. Like for the pe- like for audiences, like yeah, if you like going to a theater, that's great, great, that's awesome. But mm-hmm. like during a pandemic, I don't personally feel that comfortable going to a movie theater in our area because we have very high COVID rates. Yeah. I'm not. I'm kind of reluctant. And so like this whole attitude of like we could only put it in theaters to me is like a little bit. It's just kind of bullshit. And it's like the and there's always a lot of articles about like see Venom made a bunch of money being in theaters. You don't need to make. But you know at the end of the day like Warner Brothers they have this HBO like they care about that. Like they're getting plenty of money. You don't have mm-hmm. to worry about it. They're getting subscribers like. I don't know. There's just this big argument. It just feels very. It just feels like a corporate argument for me. It doesn't feel like it's. It matters to like people who audiences. Like it doesn't no. seem like it's an argument for audiences. Like we must force people to go to the theater. Yeah. I don't know. Like I whatever. Think there's a lot of old millennials out there who now have kids and so much work obligation that like the flexibility of watching. And that's fine streaming. if you want to like put it in theaters for a few weeks by itself before you put it on streaming. Like that's you're right, but like don't tell me like that. that I like the way that Denis Denis Villeneuve has talked about this movie. Is like you can only see it's only good if you see it in the theater. Like dude, you I made it for the theater, and I'm and Christopher Nolan was this way with Tenet and stuff too. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Like great, but most people, most of your audience, most people are gonna see your movie in the end are not gonna see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. So like maybe be like don't be kind of snooty about it. Number one, number two. I'm sure it is. looks great in a big screen. If there was not a lot of... If there was no COVID in our area, that would probably be the way to, to see it, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what? We watched it at home. I sat pretty close to my big TV, and I felt like I got the experience. Yeah. <laughs> so it may not be the theater. It wasn't the best premium IMAX experience, but like they always say, like, go see it in IMAX. Well, most of the country, there's no true IMAX screens. They're all fake IMAX that just have a slightly bigger screen that's not even made for the format. So, like, again, whatever. I am not a fan of IMAX. And it made more money. It's made more, it made more money than Blade Runner 2049 that Denis Villeneuve made. And he did that during a, Dune made that with, during a pandemic while on HBO Max. And I just, I don't want to hear any more fucking whining about like, oh, it's eating into our grosses. Like, dude, I don't know if you would have made $40 million dollars in normal circumstances. So I think a lot 40, of your whining ended up people being like, well, we're going to go to the theater. So that $40 million includes the no. streaming? No, it doesn't because they don't have any, they haven't released any numbers on that. That okay. was just box office. It did very well in the theater. That's the point. Like a brainy, weird science fiction movie that's two and a half hours, if you're expecting more than $40 million in the box office, you're being insane. Like I know it's a beloved book, but like young people don't know that book very well. Not really. They know I don't other know things book. more. Exactly. So yeah. I'm just like... Be happy. And they're getting a sequel, so whatever. Clearly they made it and they're making enough money. Okay. Anyway. Good rant. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's kind of yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but what's I know. The point? I've heard lots of them. I know. There's no I could we could do a whole episode on it, but like it'll be outdated because they'll change their strategy a hundred times over or but maybe it'd be very therapeutic for you. Or there's a new variant that'll ruin everything again and it's just like whatever. There's so no Dune. point of arguing. So Dune. Yeah, so what did you think about Dune? This is kind of your jam in terms of like big scale fantasy, but also like it's a little dense and it's sci fi. And that's not my favorite kind of thing, um, but it is... I'm big into 
When you say uh, big movies, what did you say I'm into? Like dense, like big, like fantasy. Um, you know, you're a Lord. Of the, you like Lord of the Rings. You like yeah. that kind of stuff. You yeah. now that the thing that I'm I wonder about, and this is why I asked the question, is that you were you watched Game of Thrones recently, the show, and really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like. It picked up those books, and you're like, nope. <laughs> oh, the writing in them is way too much. Yeah, I'm not so, gonna learn fucking Elvish well, or whatever. To Dune read this is book. very is a very dense science fiction text, is what I my understanding of it I is. Know, I kind of wanted to just like, can I get a sample of chapter one and decide if I want to read this book? And, and so, I mean, and I think credit to the movie, and I think that while it is a half a film. The approach is right because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of characters, but I feel like the movie actually does. Take it, in slowing down, it simplifies it too. Like I think that a lot of the politicking of the book is not here on purpose, and yeah. they've they've simplified that a little bit. And I think by slowing down and focusing on kind of your core family, like the the Eltrades family, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Hall, Timothy Chalamet, really like honing in on that was smart. And it and then everything else is just kind of like okay here's jason momoa's duncan idaho and all this other uh, stuff um you know and that's fine it's all kind of this other things going on but they they smartly approach it that way and i was i found myself fairly engrossed in their story as it went along um and it looks i mean it's gorgeous i mean there's a lot yeah. of it's really looks good what were your thoughts? I don't know. I kind yeah. of like didn't love it. It's I don't cold. Know, I don't know if it was the mood I was in or what, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you some things I like was not like vibing with. Yeah. One, all these like flash forwards of what's visions. Her name. He's having visions. Yes. All these visions of what's her name. So fucking Zendaya. I know, and, and that's where come in for fucking two she's hours. She's hardly in the movie now. She's going to be a big part of that second half. Um, so that was obnoxious. Yeah, and okay. you haven't you? I mean, you, we came into this unfamiliar. We didn't even watch the the eighty four version of the movie that does Correct. the cult. The, you know, people don't like that movie, but it's got the whole story in there. And then kind of. I do agree with you that I liked like the keeping it small parts, like yeah. the relationships between the father and the son, and the mom and the son, and the three of them, and these other side characters. For someone who likes big movies and like explosions, well, it's and not chases, that kind of sci fi. Yeah, it is not. But then it's like I don't know. Maybe I was grouchy. I don't know. But every time it was like, look at this big flying vehicle thing, I was like, I could give a fuck about There's a all lot of, of these things. And it just felt like it was a lot of like showing off about how cool this looks. And I was like, stop trying to be fucking Star Wars. Let's like get to the story. But you, what you're saying is what I think Denis Villeneuve would be like. If you had seen that in IMAX, you would have liked Actually, it more. Actually, maybe I would have hated it more. Because <laughs> it would have been like more imposing and more like, look at my giant cock. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Those were my my irritations with it. Also, I, like Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac should have a more interesting part in this movie. I think he's the best part of the movie. Yeah, oddly, him and Rebecca Hall. I don't want to be like a spoil anything. Yeah, yeah. But there was a moment where I was expecting a very um, strong performance from him, and it seemed like he just it wasn't written in there at all. No, it just, it just like, goes out. It was yeah. like moving on. Yeah, I I think he's the strongest part of it. I like what he's doing because I think he's doing something small. Same with Timothy Chalamet. He's an actor I do like, and it's a very that's a tough role because it's like this generic like chosen one storyline. Yeah. But there's enough and this is where some of the flash forwards or visions work a little bit for me is because it's like presenting like well maybe that's not what that's not a good thing. And I I feel like there's enough of that plus enough of his performance where there's some turmoil there. Mm-hmm. And I think combined with Rebecca Hall's character who she's playing what is essentially like a space witch, right? 
um, yep. and the mom, and so she's got these two sides to her, and she's an actor I really like. Yeah, um, she's talented. Um, but I like that there's there's a mystery to her, and there's like this danger to that character, but it's also she's fiercely loyal to her husband, she's fiercely loyal to her son, and I'm very curious to see that arc continue mm -hmm. in the next movie. That, that was a performance I really liked. Um, it's hard to say. I think, you know, Zendaya is definitely set up to be something important, but you don't get enough in this movie. That's annoying. Same with, like, Javier Bardem giving a very good, kind of small performance, but that feels unfinished. Um, and, this whole and movie feels like it's based on it's a giant fucking book with a hundred characters, and then we're trying to give you this one slice of it. Which, I again, I like the approach, um, but it's frustrating to get to the end, and I've, I'm cribbing this from another podcast I listened to it about it. It doesn't, it's not that it ends, it stops. Yeah. Like, it's not a, it's not an ending. Like, no. it, it, it just, it feels like you're gonna have another scene, and then you don't. I yeah. mean, there's no, there's hard, there's a, there's a fight sequence that is meant to kind of be, no. like, this climactic moment, and it doesn't work. It's not filmed that way. Um I just, and also, I don't know if I, like, fell in love with any of these characters. Yeah. I don't think I had enough time to be like, why do I give a shit about this it's, family? It's it's definitely, because of the scale. Yeah. And the world building, it's holding you at a distance. Yeah. And that is my... You said that this was cold. A I, little bit. I yeah. think it's cold. And I think it is colder than... Uh, I think people who love the book will love the movie, I think, because Probably. it's very loyal to, I think, what well, it's like, about. Like, I want to know why I care about and Frodo it, and Sam. And it seems like <laughs> a lot of the people who like Dune really love the movie, and that's great. Okay. And I'm I'm looking forward to the, the sequel, because I, for me, I'm like, I like enough that I'm just like, this could be great if I see the whole thing together. Yeah. But I feel like I can't even make that judgment yet, because I feel like the main arc has not been fulfilled yet, and so... I like where it's going, but I don't... Again, I think it is because it's that arm's length. It doesn't feel like you're uh, connecting to it. One example, and it's such a different text, but um, I thought that that Harry... When they broke, broke Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows in half for mm -hmm. movies, I was, like, really irritated. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were. And then credit to that movie, Deathly Hallows Part 1 is one of my favorite of the movies because for whatever reason... I felt like they figured out a way to like have it be a story on its own, mm -hmm. and the the cutoff felt natural, and they it was it's telling a very different story than what number two is ultimately about, mm -hmm. and and so it kind of works. Um, same with Lord of the Rings. I feel like those movies are trying to give you some kind of cathartic element of ending, even though it's not ending, yes. right? Um, a, a different, a poor example of that would be like those Hobbit movies that was splitting the book into three parts and yeah. you felt like you weren't getting uh, what a you wanted story. out of it. Give me a complete story. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like Denis Villeneuve a lot. I think of the main movie, like his more recent movies, this is probably my least favorite of his because I really love Arrival. I really like uh, Blade Runner 249. I love Prisoners. Um, there were some of these ships that showed up and I was like, that's the fucking Arrival spaceship. Yeah, well, and that's, yeah, and that's good. I, I just... For me, because it's half a story, I feel a little distant from it. I think it's good. I would recommend people watch it, but it's not... Yeah, it uh, wasn't, like, actively bad. I just... I don't know. I just didn't, like, fall in love with the movie and the characters, and okay. I'm not, like, dying to know what happens. Mm. I'm like, oh, I got a couple years I gotta wait. Okay. You're gonna have to wait two years, sounds like. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I do... I do like uh, Aquaman. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't like that his name is Duncan Idaho. Yeah, that's a joke that a lot of people are having from people that, and it's really making all the people who love the books. Um, Tell me more. Really mad. What? But, what? Well, there, like, there's a lot of like the, tw like, I don't know, not on Twitter, but I've read articles where people are really having fun with the because it's kind of a 
silly name and how it's said, right? Yes. And they like say his full name first and last. They name do a so lot. many times. Well, they don't do like, that with other characters, right? No, they're like Duncan Idaho. And and I think that's partly because, but and that's why it's pissing off the fans of it because that is a beloved, like of sure. all, yeah, of all yeah, the characters, yeah. because there's a, there's a bunch of, um, there's the, the book series spans years and years and decades and decades. And there's like cloning in the, in the series. Mm-hmm. And I guess the one through character that shows up in all these books is Duncan Idaho or some form of him. Apparently he's very popular. So there's this big clash of people who are like, it's kind of a funny name Two people are like, how dare you mess with doing be mature, you nerd, you babies, you know? So it's kind of, I find all that amusing. Mm-hmm. I like Jason Momoa and I think I he's do. pretty good in the movie. I don't, this is a, this is a personal preference. I will admit, I think his face looks weird without his beard. He looks so much better with a beard. Yeah, I just don't like. Like, his don't face fucking with his beard. shave that. I don't care if the character shaved into the book. Give me, give me him. Is that an element that isn't? We don't know that. I think that I would be know. fine if we change it. There's characters that have changed genders in the book. Um, I feel like it's fine if they just kept kept him with a beard, but that's my my thing. So yeah, it teased us with uh, so many cool things that are gonna. I guess we have to wait for. What I I didn't want to spoil anything, so I just had to make that very vague. Well, this is what <laughs> I would say. Like, I I think that. This is tough because I think the the eighty four or the eighty the eighties movies probably suffers from this. Like, space worms are very cool in theory, mm-hmm. and in certain shots in this they are very cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's like one shot where you're like, "Ooh, they're not cool." <laughs> so like, then you're just mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I can see the trouble here. I can see how this is tough because yep. like." In theory, it's cool, and the visuals are cool, and then you're just like, but you could see how this can teeter the wrong way, and that's tough. I think, especially yeah. when you get into dense sci-fi, because at some point you can either be like hogwash with all these names, all these uh, space witches, and all this other stuff. I mean, there's there's a line you have to kind of commit to buying into it, otherwise. And I think there's some deep, you know, resonance to like buying into the world, and then you you get at some bigger themes, right? But at the same time, you have to deal with, like, goofy names. And that's true of Lord of the Rings and yeah, all this other stuff. For so, sure. But, you know, that's why Duncan Idaho can be very funny, but also just, like... And I think you're right. It's not necessarily the name. It's just kind of the presentation of the name. Yeah. It's like, oh, here comes Duncan Idaho. It's like... Oh, hey, Paul. Oh, hey, it. Duncan Idaho. It's like, why are you saying his name the whole They're like, you know who I'd like to have lunch with? Duncan Idaho. And Paul. And Paul. Yeah. And anyway. Josh Brolin's in this movie. He's good. He's always good. Smaller part, but yeah. He's supposed to have be like uh, some ugly character in the book or something. I don't know. Didn't I? Didn't I hear? That? I mean, I've read, but I don't heard know. Heard that? Yeah, I've not that read one the little book. scar. He's still handsome. Sure. He's still handsome. Thanos. Got to be careful around him. Yeah. Okay. So that's Dune. Yeah. There you go. That's a lot of stuff we've been watching. Yep. Well, let's talk about the Halloween three season of the witch. Let's talk about it. Halloween three season of the witch. First, we'll talk about what we remember, then we'll do some high stats, then we'll talk about all the glorious things in this movie. Okay. So, Tyler, what did you remember well, from Halloween 3? This is a movie Witch? that I did not see until the last few years. It was not a movie that I see, you know, it's from 1982, before we were even born, um, and I didn't get into the whole... I wasn't ever a big horror person, really, ever. I saw definitely a lot more horror when I was in high school and college, but it took definitely took more time to get there. So mm-hmm. it was something that I saw and I was probably tipped off by and I, the only reason I say this is because I I don't like to do movies that, not that it matters, but like I remember listening to like How Did This Get Made, mm-hmm. that podcast about Season of the Witch like a few years ago and I don't know if I'd seen it before, prior to that or around that time. And the reason I mention that is that I think that they just like unlocked it or re-released it again from their vault or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you want a better podcast about it, maybe go listen to that one. But uh, <laughs> Touche, touche, sir. But anyway, I, it's one of these movies that um, 
if you look at it from that angle, it they're in it's insane, right? It's insane. It's absolutely nuts. So when you see it, um, it's very easy to like enjoy it for all of its what the fuck moments. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And but the good thing about it is, is that um, so this was I think your first time seeing it, right? Yeah. So I have no um, what did I remember? So you're getting that what the fuck moment, but yes. I would say that. When you've seen a lot of the movies in the Halloween franchise, and you've seen a lot of horror movies in general, I kind of appreciate this movie not only for its what the f- I I mean it's it's funny, but I kind of <laughs> oddly like this plot. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of wild and bold and silly, yes, but I'm just like I would much rather watch this than uh, a generic slasher movie. So that's just I so I think you can approach it as like a what the fuck movie, or this is bad, or this is you know the black sheep of the Halloween franchise, but in a lot of ways, it's the, one of the most original. I think it's yes. uh, very creative. And I was talking to a friend that we're, about this movie and trying to explain that, like, to, to fall into this special category where it becomes, like, a cult classic movie, mm-hmm. like, the movie makers, the actors, the writers, directors, they all have to, like, go into it with, like, solid intention of making a good fucking movie. Yes. And, like, it's, it's the heart is in it. They're not, like, just trying to make a funny, shitty movie. I think it's way hard, like... <laughs> And I think the example is, is like, you know, Scream is intentionally funny in spots, right? Mm -hmm. But that's also like a great screenplay. Like it knows what it's doing and it's playing with the conventions. Okay. That is very hard Mm -hmm. to make a movie that's intentionally funny, but also like a horror movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's totally different. Like this is not the same kind of deal. This is a different category. This is all like these people thought like this is going to be intense and scary and violent and wild and it's going to chill people to their bones. And it's just like when you think about all the pieces put together, you're like, well, no, I don't think that was going to ever work. Yeah, but how did so many people work on this and then think that was going to happen? Amazing! So it's a whole different kind of thing. Um, but, I mean, I would say that the... I don't know. I think that the idea of it is mm-hmm. kind of fun. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's definitely... Yeah, I just... I really... I appreciate where this goes. It doesn't make... I mean, I don't know why they called it Season of the Witch. There's one scene that we can talk about that hints at why it's called that but really it's a reach <laughs> yeah i uh yep so you didn't write anything that you remember because you didn't remember anything correct i wrote down and it had been a couple years since i'd watched it again um and i said it's the standalone halloween movie without michael myers that was going to jumpstart an anthology series but then everyone hated it now it's gotten some love because the plot is crazy you got a schlubby hero a catchy slash annoying jingle and a bonkers evil mask slash child murder plot also, if I recall, the title makes no sense. Makes no sense. And I will make a note real quick that I am hearing a very loud lawnmower going. So if it's on our recording, I apologize. Thank you for that note, Tyler. So Let's you talk are, about yeah. high stats. High stats. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, debuted uh, October 22nd, 1982. Kind of late in the month. Not, not giving They're a lot like, of space listen. for... Uh, we're going to make sure everyone just sees this in the five days that they're going to see it. Not a long run. Because if anyone... Yeah, this new Halloween mouth, Kills came out like October, the first part of October. Yeah, At least gave a it a few weeks. You know, Halloween season. Yeah. This one's like, we know it's not that great, but we know the, the week before Halloween. It's kind of like, I don't get it. Like sometimes like that Doctor Sleep movie, which was that, um, you know, that Shining kind of sequel mm-hmm. thing, Stephen King, that came out like November 10th. It's just like, what are you doing? What is the timing of these? Like, come on. Like, your people that are going to want to see that movie are going to see it in October. Yes. No surprise here. The budget for this one was a whopping $2.5 million. Very low. Very low. 
Yeah. The it boxed. Uh, Bo- I love it when you say boxed. Yep, boxed fourteen point four million. That's a pretty fucking good return. Yeah, it actually was not a bad uh, return. Um, we you know we consider marketing it probably didn't make a ton of profit, but um, you know not not bad. Um, I think that the word of mouth obviously was killing it. This is a thing where they make Halloween. It's a big hit. John Carpenter, right? They they make a sequel that's a direct sequel to that, um, and then. They get this idea because either John Carpenter doesn't want to, you know, I, John Carpenter is tangentially involved in this. He did some music. I'm not even sure if he did new music or, or that would be something to look into, I guess. But, um, you know, he's a producer. And so they, they, the studio co- comes up with this idea of like, well, we don't need Michael Myers in every movie. We can do another Halloween type story set around Halloween, spooky theme, and then we can change it. So then Halloween four would be a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Nobody liked that idea at the time, and so the number Halloween Four is like the return of Michael Myers, and then it just goes through. No other Halloween movie does not have Michael Myers in it besides yeah. this one. And in the movie, there's a scene because we get a lot of this jingle, and we'll talk about it. But um, there is a scene where there's a bar, and the television is on, and there's a commercial for the original Halloween movie. So the movie Halloween is in the universe of this world, but not this actual. Uh, events of that uh, world. It's just the movies in this world. Okay, then I am utterly confused by what some by something that Roger Ebert wrote in his review. Oh, good. And uh, I don't remember Halloween two. Do okay. You? Uh, I remember the Rob Zombie one more because I've okay. seen that. Do you remember more how recently. Halloween two ends? Uh, not really. Okay, he then dies. you're not going to be able to know what this is talking about either. Loomis is, I don't know. I think he gets either killed or put because in. Because here's a, what Roger Ebert said. He's in a hospital. He says, uh. He's talking a bunch, but then he says it begins at the end of Halloween 2, when the monster was burned up in the hospital parking lot, but it's still another retread of the Invincible monster. What? What was he talking about? I don't know. Um, I in think fact, might the be monster's confused. forgotten except for a lab technician who spends the whole movie sifting through his ashes. What is he? Did you click on the right one? Yes, it's Halloween <laughs> 3. That's why I was so confused. I don't... It's it, That paragraph starts with a half-baked scheme like that feels right at home in Halloween 3, which is a low-rent thriller from the first frame. This is one of those identikit... I don't know this term, but I've read it now okay. a couple times. Movies assemble out of familiar parts from other better movies. It begins at the end of Halloween 2. Is he talking about... It doesn't begin at the end of Halloween When 2. the monster was burned up in the hospital parking lot. I mean, there's a hospital in the beginning of this movie, but it's not the it's not the same. It's not even I'm the same. I'm so confused. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's he, right. Did he like step out to go use the bathroom? It's possible. And then started. Okay. It's possible. I'm he didn't. So I, I don't believe he liked the film. So oh, I mean, he gave it a really high rating. Like one star. One point five stars. This is at least a two star movie, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but his his review did uh, run October thirty first, nineteen eighty two. Feels like he ran it. Wow, it came like they didn't even he didn't even see it. They didn't even run out the first weekend. Now he was like, ah, we'll get this out. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, the, uh, don't okay, so worry about confusing. that. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Don't don't get confused by Roger Ebert there. Um, no, again, we get this scene at the beginning where there's like a lab guy who's on the run. He's being chased by somebody. We've got this great. We when the rate the spot we play at the beginning gives the music of this movie very well. It's just a lot of like, like laser noises, <laughs> uh-huh. which is great. 
a lot of big jump scares around like he's not a lab guy you just see a guy he's a guy he's a toy he turns out he's like the toy Toy factory toy toy story owner he's andy toy store owner oh gotcha he's like the yeah or somebody the lady's dad remember he calls her pop he calls she calls him papa at some point which is very strange awkward anyway he's on the run he's getting chased by these guys then we get a lengthy sequence where he's like hiding from them oh my god so great and then uh first first he's running he sees like a mobile home or something it's kind of it's like a construction Site. Yeah, yeah. He walks up to it, and we see this like car driving, <laughs> and the car like pulls past the driveway. Yeah, <laughs> and then the guy just like sits, stands it for a little, and bit. he's just watching the road, like like those fuckers could see you. Like, if you're poking your head out, they can look. And then he like goes around the 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 trailer or whatever and then we see the car the car finally reverses back back like it seems like it takes forever like they've decided like oh we better go in here i mean there's a reason for this as we learn later that they are not human uh so they don't do human things but uh, at this point in the movie you're just like what is going on correct um yeah there's a point where um they do they do grab him at one point with one of these uh they're well he's suited in a suit a man in a suit he's trying to like you know strangle Strangle him and mm-hmm. <laughs> he, his friend in the other car, yeah, comes along on the side, driving along towards him, driving very slowly, yeah. And then there's like attempts to run him over, and just runs over, hits the dude, hits, hits the hits the henchman oh guy, and yeah. he, he he has a lot of time to react, but doesn't. It's like, and then gets his shoulders uh, crammed in a very strange way. It's a very comical uh, moment, uh, the one of many death by car I've ever witnessed. Yeah, and you wonder like, well, why did that happen? Um, but yeah, that's just the beginning of the weirdness here because that guy eventually does like survive this encounter, ends up at a hospital, and another henchman shows up at the hospital to and kill him, mm-hmm. and he kills him by holding his nose. <laughs> well, it seemed like he was gonna like crush his eyeballs in. Oh yeah, he's like pushing his eyeballs in, but he's really kind of grabbing his it's nose. Really, his nose. So it's definitely doing like the. The, the, the nose bone to the brain squishy yeah. fucked up thing. It's an interesting way to to, to murder to somebody. Murder somebody. Yeah. And then uh, because he's spotted, uh, he this henchman goes out to the parking lot and you get this great hilarious scene of him like pouring gasoline all over himself mm-hmm. and then the car sets up on fire and mm-hmm. blows up and well, apparently Burt the Reynolds henchman... is watching him. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, that's right. So that's Burt like Reynolds. the other main character. Yeah, Not it's, Burt Reynolds, it's played but... by, you didn't go through all these, but it's Tom Atkins. Uh, he's our hero. He's a schlubby dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a doctor, but he's a boozer. Uh-huh. Uh, big time boozer. He's divorced or separated from his wife. His wife thinks he's a huge boozer too. He doesn't have the kids. Um, and yeah, and he's, but the thing about him as a lot of eighties heroes are, while he's pretty schlubby and he's like a poor man's, uh, Burt Reynolds, he's also a, a pretty big hit with the ladies. Oh yeah. Cause he's got like the coroner lady who's like into him. And then like the, the, the guy who dies, his daughter is into him. He's hitting on the nurse at the hospital. They all like him. I mean, he's got this, uh, this, this schlubby swagger. sex appeal to him. Swagger. So he's our hero, which is very weird, because he's just like this doctor at the hospital, but he decides to basically become an investigator of what's going on here. Doesn't uh, want to talk to the cops or... I think uh, he was really disturbed by watching that man blow himself up in his own car. I think he really just wanted to get what the... He cares about when that girl's kind of like, what's up? And he's just like, I'll help you, what's up? The girl's like, my dad's dead, and he's all, oh, hey, baby. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) He, like, is, uh, like, really into that, really into going after her, um... So, yeah, we didn't mention um, the other connection to this was like the director's Tommy Lee Wallace, right? So, he was a co editor on the first Halloween and then like another Carpenter movie called The Fog. And then he would go on to make uh, 
the it tv miniseries so not the new movies but those ones that were on tv in the 90s and then um Mm -hmm. fright night part two so not a huge filmography of uh, amazing things but and the writing was uh, he, Tom. There is a, is a credited with the writing, but they had originally originally recruited a, a British science fiction writer, oh. Nigel Neal. Yeah. And so he he writes a script, uh, and then they change it a bunch, and then he says, "Please take me off of that." Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is very much like a more of a the fact that it's set at Halloween is pretty much the key part of it being a horror movie. The rest of it is very science fiction. Um, it has like invasion of the body snatchers slash they live type vibes, but it's tied to these Halloween masks. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it definitely feels more like, especially because as we learn, these henchmen are not actually humans, they are robots. And so when you involve robots, you technically tend to think more of uh, science fiction, a very mm-hmm. odd turn to have a, a Halloween. And I could see how audiences in the 82 would be like. Okay, his first movie was a slasher film. Second, now we've got there's some violence here. Set Halloween, but now there's robots. It's so confusing. And Stonehenge. Like. Oh my god, it's so confusing. <laughs> and speaking of the title of the movie, yeah, Tom Wallace uh, said in an interview that he created the title of the film as a reference to a plot point where there's a scene where the three masks are featured. So yeah. there's three children's masks in the film. And a pumpkin, a witch, and another thing. And this film with the others in the series. That makes no sense. That is not an acceptable explanation. <laughs> there's a better there's explanation in the movie. There's like a witch mask, and he's like, season of the witch. <laughs> well, there's another line in the movie at the end when we get the actually, like, what's the fuck's going on? There's a slight explanation that feels like an insert line a little bit, yeah, honestly. Yeah, um, Not buying it. The other thing I really love about this uh, hospital scene is that, like, at the, the next morning... There's cops all over the place. The doctors there. They have done nut like if you they, there's a, a scene outside the building. Mm-hmm. The car's just there, torch still. They've done nothing to secure this scene in several hours. The police have done nothing. Like it's mm-hmm. just sitting out there. <laughs> there's no there's no tape around it. Um, there's a lot of awkward scenes. So like even even the doctor, he's like on the phone with his ex wife. Yeah. And you see these side characters looking like they're just like pacing around, kind of like waiting for him to get off the phone. So. You know, being someone the who cops, knows how yeah. people work, I'm expecting a conversation. Between They're waiting the cops. to talk to him. Yeah, and nope, 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 no conversation. They're just like he gets off and it lingers, and that's the other thing this movie does a lot, which is, and it's one of my favorite parts, is that almost every scene, individual scene, goes on about a second or two too long, or like a shot seconds. will linger. Like there's a shot where he has this coroner who's helping him kind of crack this case a little bit right and they're flirting or whatever there's a scene where in the early parts where she like says goodbye to him mm-hmm. and like he leaves and the scene is over yep. but we stay with her for a minute for her to turn around and kind of look over at her desk and then it cuts yes it's like all right like i know that she's probably gonna go back to work yes. but like i don't know if i needed that moment i feel like there's the yes good question as to why this clocks in at 98 minutes were they trying to hit like the two hour tv time running time it's like if we hit it exactly we just add these commercials and it'll be perfect i don't know it's rated r it it, well they'd have to cut out obviously for certain things for television but but like no you could have cut those eight minutes of lingering scenes there's a lot of lingering shots um which i a good solid 88 minute movie probably And then, I mean, if you also count the jingle, because the big thing here is, there's, a, I did, a, I did do a count in the in, throughout this movie, and it does hint to what's going on because it is a commercial from the Shamrock. It's okay, yeah, we're gonna play it, which is good. Okay, it's from the Shamrock Industries, or the toy company that's making these masks, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's a countdown. The movie begins. Um, 
about a week or so before Halloween. But the good thing is, is that uh, the movie is very helpful with keeping us time because not only uh, do we on the screen, it'll say like the date and it'll be like six more days to Halloween or whatever. It'll, it doesn't say six more days. It tells us the date. It so we know it. Friday. But so, no, that's that's the, on the screen. Oh, on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. on top of it, we get um, multiple uses of this commercial playing mm-hmm. um, because the idea is that they're trying to get as many masks out to many kids as possible. So they're, it's, the, it's a media blitz. But we get to hear the commercial an awful lot, and it tells us when Halloween is coming. And let's tune in now so you know what the fuck we're talking about. Yes, kids, you too can own one of the big Halloween three. That's right, three horrific masks to choose from. They're fun, they're frightening, and they glow in the dark. So we were playing it, and it goes on a while on the clip you found, but I saw you. I saw it in your reflection of your glasses. You were getting hypnotized by him, weren't you? It's a good, good thing you weren't wearing the mask. Good thing I wasn't wearing a mask. Um, yeah, so that's the version that happens on Halloween Day. Otherwise, it goes, two more days till Halloween, Halloween. It tells you how many days there are to Halloween. And well, I did a count. That one it is, I thought, you know, my guess before I started uh, writing notes and we watched the movie, my guess would have been over under how many times does it get played. I would have said 18. Oh. And it, it was mm-hmm. under that. It's 12 times. That's Only 12. Too many. Again, it is way too many. We're padding again. <laughs> we're just like, let's add minutes. But I thought more. I thought 18 times, which is a lot. I mean, maybe I was thinking, but 12 is a lot. Yeah. And I, it, some of it, you don't hear the whole thing every time. You, well, it's the first a few time seconds. it plays this is like eight days Halloween. So right. I was thinking we'd hear just the eight times. Nope. A few more. Because a couple days you get to hear it multiple times. Oh, yes, you do. And then the climax <laughs> of the movie, you hear the dun 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 Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's the big moment of the movie. But um, yeah, it's a commercial for these three masks. Um, and uh, we don't know why this is going on. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows why. Mm-hmm. It's something to do with these masks. The, the daughter... Goes to the hospital. She recruits uh, Bert, uh, poor man's slubby Bert Reynolds to yep. go and um, go and investigate this. And it's at this factory, the Shamrock Factory. It's in this small town. Yep. And really, the guy, I think the guy is just like, what are you going to do? Is that an overnight trip? All right, let's go. Let's bang at the hotel. Sounds great. I don't think he really cares about what's going no, on. No, they don't even pack. They just, like, <laughs> go. They, like, what? It's very bizarre. And so you get this very, like, Stepford Wives type town and, and hold on he also doesn't have a car so she's driving yeah so that a, was that a thing or did i just was well, a up? doctor you know i mean he's a he's a pretty big booze hound so maybe he just knows not because he's like, full, full yeah, alcohol he shouldn't be driving DUI around i mean it's there. possible but they're you know he was some kind of toy maker or someone who's tied to this factory so they try to go investigate this and it's this weird town where there's a curfew after 6 p.m mm-hmm. they stay at this hotel and we meet these other random characters, a woman who is talking to the lady for a little bit. We see this family with a little uh, dirtbag kid who's a little asshole. And he's mm-hmm. like a salesman for the factory. And, um, yeah, it's it's very weird. It doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. It feels like this, like... Um, no, it's not. No. It's a really relaxed, like, detective story. <laughs> Because they get there and they're just like, well, what do you want to do? Well, oh, we'll go to the factory tomorrow. All right. You want to get drunk and bang? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much what pretty happens, Pretty much right? what happens. Um, but we do get an incredible... So then they make a big deal about there being a curfew, and it plays over the 
and there, we always see that there's like cameras around town mm-hmm. and there's a thing that goes over the speakers it's like oh that, that's curfew right but then like after curfew uh, Burt Reynolds just ends up going down to he walks down to the liquor store to get some liquor anyway after dark and yeah. it's just like oh I guess it's not that big of a deal that if they're out weird. after dark yeah yeah it's a little bit weird um <laughs> but then we get this great uh sequence involving a hobo who uh Burt Shelby Burt Reynolds like he, this guy encounters him I think he thinks he's gonna get information out of him but the first thing he says is like Hey, can I have a sip of that or whatever? I was like, I got no diseases or nothing. Yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> Which is pretty fun. Like, why would you? What is happening? Gives him the whole bottle, but then he goes on to a great thing. He's like, if I, oh man, I used to work at that back. Oh, yes. I'm gonna get a Molotov cocktail and burn that whole place down. Yes. This is where we get the commentary of yeah. uh, the criticism of of factories and mass production and uh, impacting employees and not hiring local and you're just bringing yeah. They in brought these in outsiders. secret people. Yeah. Yeah. Of high, you know, so a lot of corporate criticism so he's shooting his mouth off pretty good Mm -hmm. um which is you know this is this comes into question because they're always watching Mm -hmm. and so they they must know from this conversation that um shelby burt reynolds is probably there for not great reasons but they don't ever go after him until like the next like they wait a little time but they go after this hobo immediately i and i assume this guy was always shooting his mouth off all the time like all of a sudden now they're concerned about him he's lived there his whole life it's not like he's a new guy in town he he gets the body you know uh, Burt Reynolds gives him that uh, bottle, and then uh, he takes it with him down to his little uh, fort yeah. uh, cardboard house, and then uh, the, the henchmen come and get him. They come and murder him. I don't think that they liked him talking to the new guy. Yeah. You can't talk to new people. So then we get this other incredible scene where, again, there's something to do with these masks, and this is the factory they make these masks, and there's like a little tag on it um and in that tag there is a device and there's this woman who we get these scenes with who talks to our two main heroes she goes and retires for the night and like discovers the little tag by accident she's bought this mask for her kid mm-hmm. and then like she sh- it, the laser goes off in her face rather abruptly i mean that was shocking <laughs> yeah. i was not prepared for that you knew something bad was going to happen, but you kind of thought, like, It'd it was very clue. confusing. You think, I thought it was going to be a clue or, like, a tracking device. Right. Um, or, you know, you think, like, I, I, my expectation is, like, oh, this is her death scene, maybe. So then, like, the henchmen come for her, but, like, oh, well, she hasn't done anything to, like, get them. Warned that. So, but, yeah. yeah, just the fact that she actually only, like, just shoots, her la- shoots I mean, herself in the face with a laser. for my electrical engineering classes I've taken, yeah. I'm, I'm wildly impressed that an entire laser came out of something the size of a quarter. Well, that's not only what this does. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got some pretty mm-hmm. advanced technology in this uh, little device because mm-hmm. not only does it laser you uh, and fry your brain, afterwards... You oh, yeah. Oh, Continue, afterwards... Yes. Uh, you get like a uh, bugs coming bugs out of your will mouth. Come out of you. A snake will arise a snake? out of you. Yeah, it's uh, quite um, something. Rodents may come out of you. It's technology that we learn is tied to some supernatural force. Maybe it's um, witchcraft. It could be. There's yes, Lasers there may be witchcraft. A I mean, yeah. if you start thinking about this, this is yeah. an amazing combination. Yeah, it's pretty great. But yeah, she gets this poor death scene, and then you know we just cut to day, and uh, our heroes are just going out of the factory, and they go to. <laughs> A very nondescript. This is one of my favorite designs in this show. It it looks like the front office of this factory is like it looks like like you know how like a lumber yard 
will have like just like the bare bones like it it feels like a construction site office Mm -hmm. and it it just feels like it's barely put together it's a trailer it's nothing but no like this is where the president of the company has an office he walks in it's so bizarre Mm -hmm. it's a massive facility a factory but they got this little tiny little area that is like like their their administrative offices are not impressive yeah just considering the technology around that's all i'm saying yeah it looks like a lumber yard like customer service desk. I think that that's probably pretty common at factor on factory sites. Maybe. Because this president and the CEO doesn't actually like typically work at, on site. You don't think he's working there? Where no, is I think he at? He is, but I think in traditional typical factory sites. Yeah, This is where site. this little shit shitty family comes back. He's a salesman and they're going to go get a tour of the place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this little kid, he's being a little asshole. Yeah, fuck that kid. The whole time. And you think, like, oh, he's a little fucking asshole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, what's great is that they they only go to this, and they're just being like, oh, we're supposed to get this order. It's like, oh, yeah, we lost your order. Sorry, we're going to refund you that order. Do you want a refund? They're like, yeah, we don't really. Do you want another mat? And you're like, no, no. And, it, like, there's nothing. They learn nothing, essentially. They're and they just written them off. But then they're just like... Hey, do you want to go on the tour with us? Like the family that's going to go on this factory mm-hmm. tour because he's a he's a salesman of the year or whatever. Mm-hmm. What and a then, reward. so if you're if you're the guy, and it turns out that our villain, and this is our main villain, is the CEO of this company, right, Mister? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it down, but who cares? Mm-hmm, the old uh, guy. He is our big bad, right? And you think if someone, if you're suspicious, of someone like uh, getting privy to your plan, like maybe just let them go. Well, they've gotten no information. They could have just gone home and be like, well. I guess we don't know what's going on here. End of the story. But no, they're like, why don't you come on the tour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go on the tour where they see where their masks are being made. And it actually goes relatively smoothly. Um, is this the... No, that's later. My other favorite shot of the movie is uh, later in the factory when the bad guy is walking out uh, at the outside <laughs> corridor of this. Mm-hmm. And then just decides to stare at the sun for about like... Uh, I don't know, a minute or two. He's peering up at the sky. Yeah, he's just like thinking about his dastardly plans, but then realizes that everybody else has gotten really far ahead of him. In the tour. So, mm-hmm. so then he, I think it's later in the movie where he's actually like kidnapped our guy. But no. No, it's during it's the tour. This? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my favorite part is like, it still lingers on the shot way too long again. Yeah. And it would be a natural place to just cut from him looking at the thing and just cut and have him walk up again. Yes. But no, you get a shot where he's like, oh, shoot, they're way ahead of me. And he like, he shimmy runs. Yes, I would call it he them. scoots. He, he scoots. scoots along. His arms are very like mm-hmm. rigid he's and like, he's just like, oh, I gotta go catch up. Oh, I gotta go get him. Like it, that is a scene I've never seen in any movie I've ever watched. It's, one, it's probably my favorite image of the movie. Um, it's, it's so, it's, it's shocking. You're like, oh. Oh, okay. So then again, like nothing, yeah. nothing really red flaggy other than like there's like, oh, there's a testing center over here. That's a locked door. That's the thing that we're only going to. But everything else is fine. But that's the thing. So you think like, oh, I wonder if he needs to get in there. We're going to see something happen. Well, no, they're just going to leave. Um, like, that's weird. And then they just going to they're going to go. They're not going to see this scene. And they're actually like almost out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you got all these awkward henchmen standing around in awkward places around the the, the open outside area of the mm-hmm. factory, and then the lady, uh, the, the the our hero gal, mm-hmm. uh, she just glances over to like an open like train car or a, 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 a shipping container, and then there's her dad's car, <laughs> just like sitting out, like half covered with a tarp. It's like not yeah, it's half covered, and she's like, hey, wait a minute, hey, that's my dad's car. <laughs> and, then, and that's when everybody starts deciding to swarm them, mm-hmm. and it's like. Everybody seems so focused on, like, making sure they see nothing. And then they just walk by and here's this car. Yep. 
But they get away at that point. It's a perfect plan, except for the part where we just left this open and this car is just sitting here. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like, there's no reason for the car to be like half showing out right there. It's just only there for someone the to... The wind was flopping around. It was not flopping around. That's a... It was in a shipping container. It... Wow, your memory. It's not... It was like an open garage. This was filmed, this factory site, at an old um, paper pulp factory. It definitely looks like a real factory. Yeah. So that's something, right? Yep. Um, but yeah, they're allowed to, they get away, but they know where they're staying. They know everybody, they know everything that's going on and, and nothing dangerous happens until like later at night. And that's when like they get separated and then they start attacking them. Right. Which is odd again. Like it just feels like if you know who they are immediately, maybe just take care of them. But, uh, it's all about like the explanation I would give is that, you know, this bad guy, he wants to monologue. He's looking for someone to monologue with. And he knows that the salesman guy that he's got, he's like, this guy's a dummy. He's he's not going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. I got to save this doctor for my monologuing because at least he might understand what I'm trying to get at here. He's intellectual You know, he's been, he's been, he's educated. Mm -hmm. You know, he might be able to follow me. This salesman guy, he doesn't know anything, right? He's more like a test subject. But we do get this incredible scene that, you know, is surprising, I think. Um, but this movie's kind of bold in, the, in in what it's going for. You get this family there, get put into, like, this test. They're like, oh, we're going to watch a new commercial or whatever. And they the kid gets a new one of these masks, and he pops down the TV, and they play the ad. And it's like, oh, it's the same ad. What's going on? And then that's when, like, the, the trancey, this commercial turns out, is a trance thing or a code that activates that little tag that we saw where that laser went off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this kid gets his fucking mind, I don't know, like, the, the, the mask, like, crumbles down. His brain is, is gone. Mush. And then, like, snakes and bugs come out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the snake, like, bites the dad. <laughs> or bites the mom or bites the somebody. They all get killed, and it's just like... Wow, like it's a movie where a little kid is is murdered mm-hmm. pretty viciously, and but that's fun because that kid was kind of a little shitbag. Yeah. So you're just like, well, that's a shitbag family and get murdered. Yeah, <laughs> but I it's have, so it's very I, bold. What I appreciate about that scene is, uh, while his son's obviously been murdered, the dad doesn't like go check on him or go near him. He's too terrified by all the bugs and the and the snakes, so he's trying to get out. You know, well, because they turned out going to kill him. I don't know exactly how he gets killed. The snake gets somebody. Yeah. Um, but they're both they're both goners. So, again, to recap, we have a mask mm-hmm. that has a tag and that when you watch the television commercial that goes eight more days to Halloween, but then like a pumpkin flashes on the screen, mm-hmm. it's going to activate this tag and that will presumably laser your brain and then turn it into snakes and bugs and the idea is that this they're going to just murder all these kids because they're going to want them all to watch at nine o'clock for the big giveaway correct and what we learn is that this is this seems like it's a national thing or or is it local what's the range of this seems national which you know time zones and whatnot it's very confusing i'm not sure what's going on there um uh, it's unclear to me if it's national. It seems like the the amount of... I feel like there was a comment about them shipping masks. But then the idea is that at the end, you know, there's this, like, this thought that he has to call the stations to get them off. And he calls, like, the four... You know, at the 80s, there's only, like, four TV stations. But, like, right. they're all local networks. So are you calling the national 
network or are you calling the local TV station? Are you only getting it off the local TV Good station? Good questions, Tyler. Good are you questions. getting it off nationally? Like, who are you calling? And then, like, he leaves himself so little time. Like, how are you even, like, if I'm getting that call, I'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I won't even know where to transfer that call, even at the local station. They're like, we got to take this off there. I'm like, whoa, okay, whoa. So says what? Some drunk on Halloween. It's like, that's on a tape somewhere in another room. I don't even know, like, who, I don't even know if someone's down there, right? Yep. It's a whole, it's a whole ordeal. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is where the movie is just uh, uh, great because it's just um, they attack these guys. They get separated. The woman and Schlubby, uh, Tom Selleck, they take them captive, uh, and then our our big bad villain does a great monologue. And this is where we finally get a very clear, definitive answer of why it's called Season of the Witch. They have oh well. First of all, we see they've taken a large rock into the factory. Turns out. It's a part of Stonehenge yeah. that they've taken. That has magical powers. Yep. They use it. They're scraping it off to make their uh, little devices. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of wires and stuff in there, too. And then I... <laughs> the last half hour of this is so packed, right? Um, but yeah, he decides to discuss this. And it's because it's like, well, it's that time of the year, Halloween. Are you familiar with it? It's a season of many different things and then like schlubby burt reynolds is just like you mean like witchcraft he's just like yes and you're like season of the witch season of the witch so the season of the witch is halloween which is a spiritual time where this guy it's a time for cleansing it's a time for getting letting the dark spirits out and getting rid of the the bad thing and this is what i appreciate this is a big this whole movie is a giant commentary on consumption and on media and on how it's rotting our children's brains and Mm -hmm. so this man's thought is i'm going to rot all their children's brains away and we're gonna have a cleanse of all these people Mm -hmm. a sacrifice to the dark lords Mm -hmm. that we are ridding ourselves of this horrible stain um which is something yeah that's a that's a thing you can do year over year they're gonna that factory's probably gonna go out of business because i don't think they're gonna sell anymore i mean it's a kind of a one-year play (laughs) i mean you're really counting on a lot of people buying and wearing and watching I mean, and that's the assumption is that it's so popular that's what's going to happen that everybody's going to turn in. People with this big giveaway and a big giveaway. giveaway. They don't say what the big giveaway is. There's a horror thon going on right before that. Um, So they're like, yeah, tune in, make sure you're wearing a mask. Which again, if I'm a kid, uh, trick or treating, it's a big ask. Like, I want to wear. I got to wear a mask. Like I've been wearing my mask out there. It's presumably sweaty and hot. Like I'm inside now. The holes in the mask aren't great. Like it just doesn't seem like a something I'm gonna want to comfortably watch on television for. No, no. So I don't know. I feel like I'd be that defiant kid. I think like I'd survive this movie because I'd be that kid like I got to go I already wore the mask. Can I just watch it without the mask? It's not gonna do anything, right? Yeah. And then all, I'd see all my these kids with sensory issues are not fucking wearing that mask that long. So yeah, all those people are surviving, right? It's a, uh, but yeah, he gets this whole monologue of what's going on and it's this witchcraft or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's made, uh, it turns out, with the same technology from Stonehenge, the stone from Stonehenge, he's able to create robots, uh, and they're old. It's not even, I don't even know if he's created them. It seems like there's a long lineage of this, because he, uh, Schlubby Burt Reynolds finds one in the office when he's looking for the girl, right? And it's an old woman knitting, and it's discovered that it's a robot. And then that guy in the monologue is like, that was an antique. That one's from this. And that's a, I'm really sad that you messed up my, my, my relic, my masterpiece from this 17th century. I was just like, the robot was from like the 17th century. 
I don't. Did I miss something? And I've seen no, this movie a I few was times. So confused. It's an old relic. So mm-hmm. I think that part of this ancientness is that uh, we've long had gooey robots, and there's a lot of yes. goo in them, and they they spurt green, and this is how uh, this is how it works. Um, so the writer director was asked on a panel like ten years ago. Yeah. By the moderator, like to explain like what's the connection between Stonehenge, Ireland, robots, and laser beams that both melt flesh and produce and conjure bugs and snakes from a human body. Yeah. And his entire response. Are you ready for mm-hmm. it? I'm ready. You gotta get get a wind up. Get a lot of talk <laughs> probably a lot of paragraphs to read okay, right now. You ready? Yeah. It's magic, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is magic. That's it. It requires magic, but it requires a yeah, device. It's magic. It's magic. Um, magic robots, magic Stonehenge. Amazing. Um, they leave him in, they put a mask on him. So again, a classic villain move, monologues him, but he's like, you know what? You're not good enough to kill. I need you to like experience this. We're going to put a mask on you and you're going to watch on this TV, which to me suggests that it doesn't matter if it's a child or not. It can yep. be anybody who's wearing this mask, right? So then why are they, they must, the, 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 the gods, the dark lords are requiring a young, youthful sacrifice. Well, apparently. you know, kids are likely to. Where? Even though I would argue the adults are just as just as guilty as consuming this content, introducing this television, this stain on on humanity, they are responsible, really. Mm-hmm. But you're you're letting the children be the sacrifice for your own horrible uh, hubris and mistakes. That's what I find uh, a little appalling about this guy's plan. He's really uh, he's choosing to kind of deflect his own blame of the of humanity and just directing at the children. I don't know. Well, you know, witches, Hansel and Gretel, like to eat little kids. They do, but they're not eating them. They're turning them into I mean, they just like they like I would do it. And this is, is it an environmental play? It's like these are all because I, I wish that they would take maybe like are these like rare snakes. Like, well, we snakes, they were the long dominant force on this planet until all the humans came around. Oh, now you're stretching. So it then, too far. Calm you know, they're bringing down, the, Calm the, down. the snakes back. Um, but no, they decide to like it's only like an hour, it's eight o'clock. The thing starts at nine, and it seems like a lot of things happen in this hour, mm-hmm. uh, because he's watching for a while. He breaks loose. He goes and finds the woman who is like, a, they show her that she's in this room. She's like laying unconscious, strapped down, strapped down, and she's un- completely unconscious until Tom Selleck comes in, or you know, slubby Tom Selleck, mm-hmm. slubby Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Take your pick of whoever mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. here. And she immediately just, like, wakes up when he's there, which I yep. find to be funny. He's like, oh, okay, what are we doing? Oh, right, you're here to save me. Great. She doesn't say anything, and then they, like, start running around. He conjures up this plan to, like, la- use the laser tags against the robots in the factory, mm-hmm. which, again, is, like, it seems like the plan is to, like, stop it, right? But it's not going to stop it because the broadcast is happening. Yep. Like, who cares? I mean, it's, I guess, good. We're getting the bad guys, but they're all robots. So you get this sequence where they do... Uh, blow up the robots our big bad gets killed in the same way here stonehenge rock shoots a laser at him or something right yeah, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it because it gets activated by something. the and there's a circle and more lasers oh god yeah this is a whole other it's so confused there's yeah. a lot there's so much going on in this last little bit it's not that important I, I what did i write about this uh 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 oh god oh my god what did I write? I wrote, uh, uh, yeah, it's old sectically, blood of, yeah, the planets decide this, the planets. He called it, kept calling it the planets. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think what it says. Yeah, the Stonehenge starts glowing, and Cochrane is the, the big bad villain's name. He, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he slow claps him. He, like, he realizes that schlubby Tom Selleck has beaten him by activating these lasers near him. Mm-hmm. So then Cochrane is just like, 
That's true. You think he was Good intentionally job. slow clapping? Yeah, him he, was he was slow clapping just, him. That was weird. Yeah, and uh, and he gets lasered. He like, and, but he like disappears. Like he kind of like like phases out. I mean, it's eighties special effects, so maybe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the whole factory goes up, and he's he and the girl have escaped. Now he tries to call. It's like a lot has happened in this hour. It's there's so little time, right, between when this uh, thing's gonna happen. Um, he call. He stops to like call his own. That's at the at the factory still. He calls his own ex-wife. And he's just like, don't let them wear their masks. Like, throw their masks away. And my, this is another favorite line. And she's just like, God, you're drunk again. Go, shut up. Like, oh, she just fuck off, guy. You're <laughs> such an asshole. Pretty great. So I think the assumption here is that his own kids have probably been murdered. Oh, for sure. <laughs> They're gonna get their heads blown up. So you realize that the woman with him again. Uh, we have done poor, poor job with the names. They're on their way out. They're gonna drive and try to stop this. I guess she hasn't really said anything. Well, that's because, baby, she's been replaced or turned into. I'm not really sure exactly which. If people are getting turned into robots or if they are being killed and then just replaced by identical robots. And if so, are they just... Did they make a copy of her win? Like, how do they know to make a I mean, version of her? I mean, those are some good skills. Whatever the time frame is, they've made her robot face. Because she's quickly. inside... inside her, Because it's clearly a robot. It's not her... In, I mean, did they use her body as a cavity to put all of the robot stuff back in? I think I know the answer. Okay. It's magic. Okay. okay. Yeah, because um, she's a robot. Yep. And they've only had her for a little bit, and uh, she attacks him. Waits until they leave... I mean... Ideally, it seems like if you were part, if you're wanting your, pl- if you're a robot and you're feeding the bat, you know, you're serving the bad guy Cochrane, the time to betray him would be in the factory yes. when he's trying to like do stuff. But that's not when this robot betrays him. She just randomly decides to betray him like while he's driving on the road. And then maybe it's because he thinks he's going to stop it. And that's when she decides to be like, I'm the last resort. I'm the mm-hmm. robot that's going to stop this. But then like, does, does, her programming like is it does it serve the dark lords does it serve cochran does it nullify if he's dead does that matter is she just got like one thing that she's supposed to do and then if so if that's the reason then why does she wait until he's driving down the road in which case we get a very long sequence in which she attacks him she seemingly has been disarmed she's lost her head she's lost an arm she comes back at him three different times you get a laser noise every time she pops in the frame Uh Mm -hmm. uh to surprise you uh chlubby tom Selleck has some trouble with her but she keeps coming back an arm a hand attacks him uh it's a whole long uh big climactic battle with this poor woman now is she again is she dead yeah it's magic she is already she's gone but is there her body or is it a robot body? It's is a it little bit of both. Stonehenge, stone, just mm-hmm. lasers, or maybe? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I love that sequence. And then, um, yeah, it seems like, I think in the movie, like, they hear a radio thing. It's like 851. Like, I don't know what his plan is. Like, where is he driving? He's got no fucking plan. <laughs> and then he ends up at the place. He drives into the uh, this construction site where we see the security guard from the beginning of the movie where that the dad was running around, uh, Papa, as I call him, because that's who she actually yeah, referred to him as. Mm-hmm. This is the same uh, security guard who helped that guy in the beginning get him to the hospital. And so we're, I don't know, it's like a date. It's close enough to the town that, like, he's close enough to where that factory, but, like, it was a day trip. They had to spend the night when they went out there. But he thinks he's going to make Trevor... I mean, he, because he he's standing outside the car. 
and Tyler, like he's hanging around, like he knows there's no time left, and he's just like looking at the robot, and he's like contemplating. It seems like there's a lot of wasted time. It does. So then he only has like five minutes to call a station, but then like it cuts to like it's nine o'clock, and it seems like he's in that five minutes has managed to call all the TV stations to stop them from playing it. Um, I've got an update for you on that. Oh, good, good. Because the movie doesn't really make it clear. No. It It doesn't. It cuts over this... I mean, it's been... It's 8.57, I feel like. It's almost there. And then it just, like, cuts to what seemingly like would take, like, at least an hour to get a hold of everybody. Because you're getting getting put on hold. Like, you're calling the the operator. You don't even know. You're calling the operator to see what's going on. So, despite that ambiguity of the ending, there was a novelization. Oh, good. Um, And so, they describe the ending, and it is very clear that he failed and it describes the endless screams of dying children that could be heard throughout the station the town and the land beyond okay so in the movie it seems like he's they've taken it off the air on at least like three of the four channels Mm -hmm. but one of them doesn't turn it off and he's yelling the movie cuts off while it's playing i was like no turn it off turn it off changing to the other station i don't know if i consider it a novelization canon um i think that that is uh the author's interpretation sometimes they give people a little bit of flexibility on that sure things can change so i don't know if that's the case but definitely like whoever was watching that channel was probably going to get it but again my question is is like what station did he call is this in like the one municipality is it in like a a broader like tri-state area is it national what's happening here is that sacrifice enough Mm -hmm. i have lots of questions Mm -hmm. um but i love how it seems like a lot of children got murdered. It sure does. <laughs> and that's the end of Halloween 3. My last fun Season fact for you, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, did you catch where Jamie Lee Curtis was in the movie? She is very briefly seen in that TV clip from Halloween. In addition to that. No. She was the 911 or the phone operator when he keeps trying to call out. I guess it wasn't the 911 operator. It's the like, this is phone is disconnected. No service. I didn't realize. In the payphone. Is that a real fact? Where did you learn that? Uh, from the all credible source of IMDb. I'm going to go ahead and not, I'm going to question that one. All right, I'm not sure. Go back and listen. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true, but it seems uh, maybe that it could be a made up one. Yes. I don't know. Because she's not in any of those, she's not in any of the movies no. until H2O again. So other question for you. If yeah. people want to watch Halloween 3 season of the witch where can they watch it <laughs> I feel like I watched our blu-ray copy You're uh, so fancy because I, I wanted I wanted a copy of it forever um, and ever and ever it's not the spe- there's a special edition one it's not the special edition one but mine was much cheaper than the special edition one um you know I don't know I okay. feel like they might be they these movies do sporadically pop up on like Amazon Prime I don't know if it's there currently All right so Peacock has some of the Halloween movies but I don't know if it has Halloween 3 Actually check Peacock it might be on there Okay so if you're interested also Why are you just, rushing me Also just buy it because um I made her a dinner order and now it's like I'm past the time to pick it up so I definitely need But what to did you think that. about Season of the Witch That's what I wanted I would watch it again It's great right yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's not scary. No. But it's got like horror elements because it's Halloween and yeah. violence. But I mean, come on. It's a, yeah. it's original yeah. and it's a big commentary on media yeah. consumption. I, I'd watch this over the Jason ones. Boom. The Jason ones? Not, not, you know what I mean. That's a different guy. That's Michael Myers. I mean, Michael That's Myers. a whole other <laughs> shitty franchise. You know what I meant. No, you know I don't. What I, meant. I don't know what you mean. The dude, the guy. Happy Michael Halloween. Myers. Happy Halloween. Season of the Witch. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear about more of this, listen to the How to Skip Me version Stop of it. Stop promoting other people's podcasts. <laughs> that one's very popular. All right. We will talk at you another movie. I feel so rushed. 
It's dinner time. Five more days till Halloween. 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 Is that how many days it is? I don't know. Okay. 